All right, good morning. Don't you worship with us? Welcome to Praise Church. We're just going to usher in the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. We invite you to join us.
Spirit, come and just take control. God, we thank you for transformation. God, in your presence, we thank you for healing that's in your presence, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you. We're going to see a victory. Thank you, Lord. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Because my God will never fail. No, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm going to see a victory. Oh, yes, I am. Hallelujah. Why don't we sing it? There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, sing it out. And every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down. I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know, I know how this story ends. Come on, say, I know. I know how this story ends. I'm going to see and I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh yes, we're gonna see a victory. Come on, look at your mountain that's before you, every obstacle that's before you, and just speak to that this morning and say that I'm going to see a victory. Amen? You take, you take the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You turn it for good. Yeah. Come on and sing it out. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, Lord. You turn it for good. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Come on, sing it out. You turn it for good, and you turn it for good. Turning it around for me, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, and you turn it for good. Yes. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Yes, you do, Lord. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, 
you turn it for good Lord you turn it for good and I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory come on sing it out like you know belongs to you Lord yes I am I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle for the battle belongs to you Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you You turn it for good. You turn it for good. Turning it around for me. I thank you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Jesus, that you take what the enemy meant for you. You turn it for good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. You're faithful. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. For good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you praise, God. You're worthy, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, what an honor it is to be used by you, Lord. We yield to you, God. Narrow as the road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you every peace. I hear you call, Lord, I am available. And I say, yes, Lord, I am. Here I am with open hands, counting on your grace again, less of me and more of you, just want to see you move, I
for you to use. Speak through me, move through me. Yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. You can have it all. You can have it all to you. can have it all. Here I am. Here I am. Nothing is a sacrifice. Use me how you want to, God. Have your throne within my heart. I hear, I hear you call. I am a I'll say, yes, Lord, I am available. I hear you call. I am available. I'll say, you can yes, Lord. Yes, she can you just tell him that? Just tell him that, God, I'm available. Whatever you have to do, God, to use me for your will to be in my life, for your plans to be established. God, we want you to know that we're available. We're available. God, use, use us how you want to, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you move through us. We thank you, God, that you hear our cry. God, I thank you that even in the atmosphere of worship, whether we're tuning in online or here in the building this morning, we thank you for your tangible presence. We thank you, God, that you're cleansing and purifying us, oh God, in your presence. I thank you, God, that we are victorious 
no matter what it looks like, no matter the impossibilities that may be here before us today. We serve an awesome God. We thank you that you are on time. We thank you that you are faithful. God, and maybe we don't understand all of the situations, but we trust anyway. We trust you, God, and we thank you, God, that you are turning everything around for our good. I thank you that what the enemy has tried to bring in, to bring evil, to bring uh, corruption in our life, that you are turning all things around, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So great to see each of you. We want to welcome you to Praise Church, and we are so glad that you're here. Um, welcome to our 9 a.m. worship experience. We have um, in person and also online, and then in our New Orleans campus, we'll have a, a 11 a.m. service um, today in person. Uh, right now, we're offering our Sunday morning services online only at 9 a.m., and if you're not tuning in live, it's okay. It's going to be posted in all of our archives for you to be able to listen to, to be able to uh, download load um Excuse me, we're going to be able to download the audio soon. Uh, we're having our podcast set up, set up, and hopefully this week that's going to be available for you. So not only will we have archives for the uh, video, but we also will have archives for the audio of the messages. And so we're so glad that you're worshiping with us today. Um, I just want to give a few announcements and then turn it to Pastor Bev um, to let you know that we are very excited. I know August, we had school that's starting for many, um, and we, are, we have special uh, prayer and anointing service back to school anointing service this coming Sunday. So we want you to, um, if you are local, uh, we invite you to come here. Uh, we have some, uh, we're going to be having some anointing, giving them, anointing some um, items to send with the children for back to school um, and have some other little things that are going to go along with that um, as a gift from Praise Church. And so we encourage you to come to 9 a.m. this coming Sunday, also uh, in our Gonzalez campus and then also in New Orleans campus at 11 a.m. there. And so a we just believe in the power of anointing, uh, power of prayer, laying hands and praying for those. So we're anointing um, some items to send with the children uh, and back to school for this year, believing this is going to be an incredible school year for them. In addition to that, we are very excited that uh, the latter part of this month, early September, we're going to be launching our fall semester for our synced groups. And so we are going to be coming and bringing you more information about that. Please get connected on social media, our website to uh, know of the the groups that are going to be launched um, and also know what kind of topics that we have for you to get involved in for those things. And so some will be virtual. We're going to give you all those details um, in, a, in a few weeks. Uh, last thing I want to share is that we're going to be also calling a 21 day days of prayer and fasting, and that's going to be going in. Um, I'll, I'll, we also, we'll get you the dates uh, from our website, social media, but it's going to be in line with um, uh, Rosh Hashanah. And so we believe that God is going to be uh, doing some incredible things. I believe it's, it's significant to get involved. Uh, this is part of Pastor Josh's um, passion to do that, to do this during this time. And we also do a prayer and fasting in uh, January, but we, we're just going to break through some things corporately. So we encourage you to participate in that with us. And um, I think right now that's it. Don't mess. Uh, don't miss our um, midweeks, Tuesday, seven o'clock um, on uh, online, uh, seven o'clock central time. And then also Wednesday, seven o'clock central time. We're looking forward to seeing you there. And I just wanted to just tap on um, a line of that song we just sang. And it was in the third verse, if you go back and listen to that song. And it says, um, nothing 
uh, and I forgot the lyrics now. I had them in my head, now I forgot them. <laughs> but anyway, it was about uh, nothing is a sacrifice when I compare it to what you've done for me. Sometimes as believers, we tend to look at Christianity and think, oh, I've got to give up this to serve the Lord, or I've got to give up that to serve the Lord. But he gave the supreme sacrifice so that you and I would have eternal life. And it's really our privilege to lay aside anything that would stand in the way so that we can say, yes, Lord, I'm available. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I encourage you this week, ask the Lord, how can you use me this week? I want to be the sacrifice that you can flow through. You paid it all for me. And so I willingly push aside every distraction and every issue, every uh, area of hurt, every frustration in order that you can flow through me to be a blessing and to touch and encourage and challenge others that I come in contact with. At this time, uh, Pastor Josh is coming. God bless you. Pray you have a great week. We'll look forward to seeing you Tuesday night. All right, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm going to share something real quick that's uh, on my heart. It's kind of troubling, um, but it's just a reality. And the only way that you can get out of the situation you're in is to declare the truth, amen, and allow the Lord to bring revelation. But uh, I'm going to read a story in the Bible in just a second. But uh, I'm going to talk about church real quick since uh, COVID-19. And I'm looking at the Barnabas statistics. Only 35% of people who say that faith is important to them is attending church either in person or online. And a matter of fact, there's only 50% of millennials that call themselves Christians that are even going to church. 50% of them said since COVID has started, they have not watched church online. They have not gone to in-person service. And, and there is a clear call that I feel in my spirit from God and is calling the young people to say, where are you going to stand? Come on, are you going to stand up for the Lord? Are you going to practice your faith? Are you just going to get lost in this world system? In 2 Chronicles chapter 33, there was a king named Manasseh, and he was the son of Hezekiah. And his father, Hezekiah, was a godly man. And he tore down the places of false worship, and he raised up uh, worship in the house of God. But after his father's passing, here comes his son, and at 12 years old, he became king. But not only did he go back and undo what his father did, he rebuilt the places of false worship. He bowed down to the starry host and he worshiped them. He built altars to other gods in the temple of the Lord. And he named, uh, and, he, and, and in the courts, and he sacrificed his own children in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. He practiced diminution, witchcraft, sought omens, consulted mediums and spiritists, and he did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. Listen, church, millennials, Generation X, Generation Z, Y, and what all the other statistics, my age and younger, listen to me, we have to fight. We have to fight for the standard of God because there is a generation who proclaims God, but they're not walking with God. And if we are not careful, we will let the things that our forefathers uh, and our spiritual heritage go, and, and we will become wishy-washy and double-minded, and we'll accept the things of God, but we'll also accept the things of false gods. And I believe that there's a call to the Holy Spirit for reconcentration and a dedication back to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give. 
Lord, I pray that you would rise up young men and women, Lord God, that will stand on your word, Lord God, that will not bow their knee to idols, Lord God. Father, that they will not turn away from the things that you have established, Lord God. And Father, that you would find for yourself a people, even if it's a remnant, Lord God, a people, Lord God, that are going to wholeheartedly seek after you. Father, we come this day to worship your holy name. Father, we come to give you honor. We come to give you glory. We come to set right in our hearts that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. It's with great joy that we give today. And Lord, I pray that you bless every person under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. Amen. What a great day it is. The word says this is the day the Lord's made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You know, that means that we're going to rejoice and be glad in it no matter what's taking place around us and what we might be going through as individuals. I want to thank you for joining in with us today and, and uh, let you know we're praying for you and believing God has great things in store for you in spite of what we might be seeing in the natural. God still loves his people, still cares about each and every one of us, and cares about our destiny, where we're going. And uh, I, I believe it. Uh, God is bringing us into a place that we can trust him under any circumstance that is there. Today I'm going to go into 1 Samuel chapter 30, and uh, one of the verses here, it says that David delighted himself in the Lord. Now, we can look at that passage and say that is a, um, an easy thing to say. It's an easy thing to say when we haven't been in his shoes. So let's begin to look at what he was going through and what was taking place in his life when he says, I delighted myself in the Lord. In verse 1 it says, And it came to pass when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had made a raid upon the south and upon uh, Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were in it, both great and small, and, and uh, both great and small. And, and they, put, they had put none to death but had carried them off and went their way. And David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burnt with fire. Now, I want, I want to first begin to say that for about 30 days, David and 600 mighty men were going out and they were taken captive and they were, they were taking territory and they were winning every battle. And as they were winning, they were building confidence in themselves. And when they started coming home, David and his men began to see smoke coming up from the area where they were living, from their city, from their town. And they began to rush quickly to their city, rush quickly to their home. I, I, I don't know about you, but there was times where that uh, in our neighborhood, we had, um, there was a fire in the home and, and we were driving home and we could see flames, we could see smoke billowing up and, and uh I accelerated a little bit to get home to make sure where it was coming from. I didn't want it to be my home. Not, not that I wanted it for anyone, but 
I didn't, surely didn't want my home to be burning. And until we got home to see our, ho our home was saved, my heart was racing because the smoke was coming from that area. You can imagine David as they were on their horses or camels or whatever uh, means of transportation that they had in that time, that as they were seeing the smoke coming up, they knew it was coming from their city. And I'm sure that they made the horses and made the camels and the chariots or whatever they were riding in go a little bit quicker. And when they, they got home, they found that their wives, their children were taken captive and their homes were burnt. All they could see was the smoldering wood and various different items that they had in their homes burning. You can imagine that in David's life, uh, in this moment, that he was conquering territory. And now the enemy, while he's out conquering territory, the enemy slipped into his house and burned his house and stole his family. And it says, then, then David, verse 4, then David and the people uh, that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Wow. When you look at this story, you begin to find that, that if you have ever lost something that was valuable to you, there are times that we go through anxiety and emotions and we weep. David and his men are not just weeping, but they're grieving and they're angry. And every emotion that you can attach to that, this is what they're going through. And they wept until they couldn't weep anymore until they hit bottom. You know, in this moment in, in David's life, we're, we're seeing an unseen enemy coming into his territory. They didn't see it coming. They didn't have any idea of what was taking place. It, it would have been one thing if they would have left and they had skirmishes there in their home with their enemies, but they were out conquering territory. And you say, well, David deserved that because he was out conquering territories. Well, well whatever your opinion is, that, that's fine. But the reality of it is my point here today is that David was at his bottom. He was at a place that he was dealing with an unseen enemy that came in and stole his home, stole his, his lifestyle, stole his family, his wives, his children. They, they're now gone. What he loved the most is now gone. And not just him, but all of the warriors that was with him. These were not just the average people. These were, these were warriors that were fighting day and night and taking territory and conquering enemies. And now they have realized that an enemy has gotten into their home. David's, it says in David, verse 5, and David, two, two wives were taken. And, 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 and verse 6 says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. For the soul of all the people was embittered, every man because of his sons and because of his daughters. But David strengthened himself in Jehovah, his God. You know, as I look at the things that are taking place today, I find that, that we have a nation that is embittered. 
There's a lot of bitterness that's going on in our world and a lot of anger, a lot of frustrations. We've got uh, uh, things that are happening that, that we have had no control over. An unseen enemy, COVID-19, has come into the homes and to the houses and to the families of many people. And, and as a result of this enemy that has come in, we find that the employment rates have plummeted. Record highs have taken place. Uh, some, some say 20 million, some say 25 million people unemployed today. The reality of it is it's out of our control. You know, it's one thing to have issues in our own homes, issues in our own life, and, and we deal with things on a daily basis. We, 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 we deal with a car breaking down. We deal with the washing machine breaking. We deal with a, a leaky roof. We deal with all kinds of things in our life that adds pressure to our life. But when an unseen enemy comes into our world, it adds even a greater pressure. Normal struggles of life is one thing, but, but we begin to deal with things on a different level of an unexpected struggle. David is dealing, and not only him, but all of the mighty men that came home with him is dealing with a, a problem that is un, was unseen to them. And, and as a result of it, men that are warriors, I'm, I'm talking about not, not people that, that were seamstress. I'm talking about people that got their hands bloody, that, that went into the battle and was taking blows and taking hits and, 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 and watching uh, blood flow from all over the place. These were killers, his mighty men. And now they're embittered with David. If we'd have stayed home, we'd have never lost our family. If we'd have stayed here to protect our house, we would have never lost our lifestyle, our homes, our children. And they're very angry with David. And now there's talk in the community that they're going to stone him. Verse 6, David was greatly distressed. Well, I guess so. You got people that are talking about coming to kill you and not, not just, just to slice you up, but they're going to stone you. In other words, until you pass, you're going to feel every blow of every stone hitting you and whatever part of the body that it's hitting you in, you're going to feel every blow. Wow, he's distressed. The people that was fighting with him is now making a shift to fight against him. And David, in the midst of what's going on, after three months of victories that are taking place, they're in a place where that they have lost a battle to an unseen enemy. David never saw the entry of this attacking his family. We could have been winning a lot in our corporate world and we never see the enemy coming in to steal our wives, to steal our children, to steal our husbands. We never pay attention really to our home when we're winning battles outside. David was very distraught. David was very 
much an individual that was passionate in whatever he did, and now he's in a place that he's overwhelmed. Have you ever been in a place where that you've been overwhelmed? You, you, you can deal with the small things that you expect to break down, but, but when you find an enemy comes into your house and steals from you when you're not there, and you come back home, and everything that you have worked for, everything that you have had is now being taken from you. David was overwhelmed. His plate was full. David was at a place that he didn't know which way to turn and, and, and such uncertainty for him in his life. I think there's a lot of people today that are dealing with a lot of uncertainty. People are losing their jobs. People are dealing with issues in their homes. They're potentially losing things that they have worked for. Now, I'm not coming to you with a, a sermon today to get you down. I'll come to a with a sermon today to let's deal with where we are. There, there are people in this life right now that are flourishing, and there are people in this life today that are walking in troubled times. An unseen enemy has come in, not just in America, but all over the world, has come in and is robbing people of what they have worked for. Their savings accounts is, is dwindling. It's going down. Not being able to work, not being able to do the things that they normally did. David and his men, they wept until they couldn't weep anymore. And then they came to a place, David came to a place that he delighted himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. You say, well, how can I, how can I encourage myself in the Lord when all of these things are, are coming against me and, and people are now embittered against me? Bitterness in this world, in our nation, we're blaming everyone else for a problem. Blaming other people for problems doesn't, deal with a solution for the problem. It just makes us feel better that we can shift the load to someone else. The reality of it is, David encouraged himself in the Lord. When I don't have anyone else to turn to, when I don't have anyone else to go to, I have the Lord to go to. I have my Savior to go to. When no one else understands where I am, when nobody, nobody can comprehend what I'm walking through, and there may be people in your life that you, you thought you could rely upon them, but they don't understand where you are. They don't understand what you're going through. They don't understand your feelings nor your emotions that you're dealing with. I'm going to tell you today, encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, how do I encourage myself in the Lord? Well, number one, is you rehearse previous victories. I, I would imagine that David, when he was rehearsing what God has done in his life, what, what God brought him through in his life, he went back to the shepherd's field. In his mind, he remembers this gray-headed man coming along and, 
and at his father's house and his brothers pulls him off of, a, uh, off of the shepherd's field and brings him into the house and this man called Samuel begins to pour oil on his head and begins to prophesy to him and anoint him for a job that he wasn't qualified for just being a shepherd boy, much less the family that he was in. David now reminds himself of, of God being with him when the lion came and pulled a lamb out and, and the bear came and pulled a lamb out and, and David went out after the enemy and he conquered the enemy. He killed the lion and he killed the bear. Then the next rehearsal party that he was giving for himself was Goliath. David was a shepherd boy. David was a teenager. He wasn't able to enter into the military. He was too young. And his father now gives him wine and gives him cheese and gives him uh, different presents for the leaders of Israel that are in the battle. But his father wanted them to check on his brothers that were in the military. And when David comes on the scene, this giant comes out in the valley and he begins to taunt the children of Israel, begins to mock them and begins to come against them and begins to declare, begins to speak to them, hey, if you will send one and he beats me, then we will be your servants. But if I win, then y'all will be our servants. And nobody, not even King Saul, wanted to go on the battlefield with this giant. David, and you can say, well, well, David didn't have any life experiences and he really didn't know what he was getting into. You can say whatever you want, but David says some things here that tells us that he was encouraged by his God. David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, who is this one that is not in covenant with God, with my God? He goes out on the battlefield and Goliath begins to curse him by his gods. And David now takes it from a physical battle to a spiritual battle. He says, the God of Israel will deliver me from your hand today. David is rehearsing not only where God brought what God brought him through, but he's re rehearsing the conversations of what's taking place that caused him to move from being a shepherd boy to now being king. That God was with him from the beginning and God will be with him through to the end. And David began to rehearse in his mind and encourage himself by not his circumstance, not the people's words that were wanting to stone him or those that were coming against him, but he was encouraging self by his victories that God brought him through. So number one, rehearse your past victories. Look at where God brought you from, where you are today. We'll say, well, that doesn't deal with my circumstances. Hold on, hold on just a minute. It does deal with your circumstances because if God brought you through past issues, he's going to bring you through this issue today too. The word tells us that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. But he's going to walk with us through the troubles 
through the hard times. This is why David was able to say, Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. He said, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how, how horrible things are, I know that you're with me. You have proved yourself in my life that you would never leave me and never forsake me. You see, God has a purpose for you. God has a, a, a design for your life. And if you give up now, you'll never reach your destiny. But in the midst of the storm, this is only a battle that we're walking through. That we are either going to be victorious or we're going to fail in the battle that we're in. I don't know about you, but I, I hate to lose. I hate to, I hate to be discouraged. I hate to get down. I, I hate the issues that are taking place in our society. But I know that God's going to bring me through the problems. He's going to bring me through the situation. He's going to bring me through the conditions of what we're seeing being plastered all over everything and the conversations that we're having in offices and workplaces and all of these things. We can't get away from it. And David couldn't get away from his wives and his children being taken and even his house being burned. And now he's dealing with people that was once fighting with him and now fighting against him. The second thing is to remember that you're under divine protection. You're under divine protection. God has preserved you and he's not going to leave you now. He's going to preserve you through this situation too. The thing that should have happened, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, you know what, uh, 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 over 90% of the things we worry about never even happen. It's only a small percentage of things that we worry about actually are confronted in our life. But we, our imagination begins to grow. Our, our, our thoughts begin to get bigger than, than the real picture or the situation that is there. He said, well, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand what I'm going through. No, I may not understand what you're going through, and I may not understand your condition, but I do know somebody that has it all in his hands, that he has it all under control. And, and what he wants us to do is to delight ourselves in the Lord. You say, well, I don't have anything else in me. David was in the same situation. David was in a position that not only his children, but his spouses were, were, were taken from him, and everything that he has built is now up in flames. And the word says, and they wept until they could weep no more. What do you do when you've come completely to the end of where you are? Some people say when you come to the end of your rope, and you don't have a knot in the rope to hold you anymore. What do you do? Well, you delight yourself in the Lord. And you remind yourself of all of what God has done for you in your past. All the victories, all the battles that you've been through, and you're still alive today. You say, but yes, I'm in a battle. It doesn't matter. Use your history 
to understand that God didn't leave you then and he's not going to leave you now. He's going to walk you through the situations and you're going to come out on the other side. And then remember, you're under divine protection. Divine protection. Number three is remind yourself who your God is. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He's my way maker. He's my, uh, he, he is my fortress. I run to when I'm in trouble and I hide within him. David says in this passage, he says, God, I don't know what to do. I've dealt with every emotion that I could deal with, all the anguish, all the stress, all the, all, all the depression, all of the hurts. I've dealt with everybody else's hurts and everybody else's pain, and, and all of this happened under my leadership. And he's saying, what should I do? Should I pursue and rescue my family, my children, my wife? Should I, should I pursue and get back everything that, that has been stolen from me? And God says to him, pursue, and ye shall recover all. Wow. That says a lot there. He says you will recover everything that has been stolen from you. So he pulls the men together. Some of them didn't have any energy in them to, to follow, and they stayed with the stuff of what was left. David began to pursue. And when he saw them in the middle of a valley and they're celebrating and, and he's looking at his family being tied up and held captive, David's anger began to kindle within him. Now, you have to realize that he asked God, God, should I pursue? What should I do? Because I don't want to fail in what I'm commissioned to do. Lord, talk to me. You know, <clears throat> one thing about our God is that he will talk to you. And he will give you instructions of what to do. How to pursue after the things that you have lost. After what this silent enemy has come in and stolen from you. Many people I have talked to have said, man, just about the time that I'm about to get the breakthrough, then the virus comes in and now I'm struggling again. Now I'm trying to keep my nose above water. I'm gurgling the water as I'm sinking. I think that in the midst of where you are, at the bottom of where you are, this is where David was, and he says, God, what can I do? What should I do, God? Let me tell you, I believe there's a time that's coming that, that God is going to open up doors. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way, and he's going to cause us to be able to pursue the things that God has given to us, the things that we have collected, the things that we have purchased, the things that we have fought for, our children, our family, our, our loved ones, our home, our, our jobs. You know, 
It may be in this situation that the job that you have, God is going to open up a door for a better job than what you had before to give you more opportunity of what he is establishing in your life and in your soul. I'm trying to get back to my, my passage here in chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, verse 8 said, And David inquired of Jehovah, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for thou shalt assuredly, assuredly overtake them and shall certainly recover. So David went and 600 men that were with him, and they came to uh, the torrent of Basar. And, and those that were, were left stayed behind. And David pursued. And 400 men and 200 stayed behind who, who were too exhausted to go over <clears throat> to that place. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread. And he ate and they gave him water to drink and gave him a piece of fig cake and two raisin cakes and he ate. And his spirit came again to him and had eaten no more bread, nor drank any water for three days and three nights. And David said unto him, to whom belongest thou and whence art thou? And he said, a young man of Egypt, a servant of, of the Amalekites. And, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. Wow. It was an open door for David here with this young man. And he and he actually brought life back into this young man. The Bible goes on and begins to tell what took place. And in verse 17, and David smote them from twilight even to evening of the next day. And there escaped no man of them save 400 young men who rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites have taken. Wow. He recovered all. So my word for you today is, you're going to recover all. Everything that the enemy has stolen from you, you're going to recover all. And he goes on. This, this is not, 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 that's not the best part of it here. And David recovered his two wives, and, and there was nothing messed, and there was nothing missed by them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken, and David brought all back. In other words, all the gold, all the silver, all the furniture, all the cattle, all everything, his sons, his daughters, his wives, none of them were damaged, and he brought them all back. Look at verse 20. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drove before the other cattle and said, this is David's spoils. Now, wow. Not only did he recover everything that was stolen, but now David is even more enriched because of the enemy that was slain. They had no need for the cattle that they owned. They had no need for the gold or silver that they had. And not, not only did David recover his wives, his children, and everything that was stolen from him, but now because the enemy is dead, he now takes everything that they have had. Wow. My point here is, if you're following after God and you can rejoice in him and enrich yourself in him 
and encourage yourself in the Lord, not only will you recover your sons and your daughters, your family, your gold, your silver, everything that you have lost, but God is going to bring back into your life increase as a result of pursuing after what is yours. I believe that today is a day that many people are losing a lot. We've lost our peace. We've lost our joy. There is bitterness that's in our nation. There are issues that we're dealing with that we never dreamed that we would have to be dealing with in our world. COVID-19, issues that are taking place, a silent enemy coming into our house. You say, well, COVID-19 hasn't touched my house yet. Well, we pray that it never touches your house. We pray that God's protection is upon your house. But what has in the midst of this been taken from you? Has your joy been taken from you? Has your peace been taken from you? Are you living with anxiety that you have never lived with before? Are you dealing with things that you've never dealt with before because of what COVID-19 has brought? You see, it's not just the virus that we're dealing with, but we're dealing with the emotions of a lot of people. We're dealing with issues in our nation that has come in to divide and to destroy. Where people are walking in such bitterness and saying such horrible things about all kinds of people. The reality of it is we have to have the peace of God in our heart. And when everything has been stolen, everything has been removed, I have to rejoice in God. I have to praise him. I have to worship him. And I have to rehearse all of the victories that I've been through in the past, knowing that God is going to bring me through what I'm dealing with now. And you know what? Maybe COVID-19 is not the problem that you're dealing with. There may be an another unseen enemy that has come into your house and has stolen from you. My charge for you today is to look at what God has done for you in your past. Rejoice in him. Know that you have divine protection upon you. And know who your God is. We serve a God that's not too small to deal with the problems. And he's not too far off to feel our hurt and our pain. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly what you're going through today. And he knows what the answer is for your situation. And if he brought you through things in the past, he's going to bring you through this also. I want to challenge you today. Would you rely upon God? David had nothing else to rely upon. Everything that he had was gone. The only thing he came back with was the clothes on his back and the sword in his hand. Everything else was removed. Our home is a place that should be peace. We should receive joy. We should receive encouragement in our home. But when there's turmoil in our home, there's no peace. There's no joy. There's no encouragement. 
So what do you do when everything that you associate to your peace is now removed and you have no joy? You have to do what David did and rely upon God. When everyone was against him and he had nothing in his hand and all of his joy and his peace was gone, absent from his life, David says, I delight myself in the Lord. I encourage myself in the Lord. And you know what? It takes a person that has strength inside. You say, well, I don't have any strength. No, you have strength to encourage yourself in the Lord when you have nothing else. Why don't you just for a moment just begin to praise him right where you're sitting, right where you're standing right now. Why don't you praise God and magnify him and thank him for what he has brought you through in the past and the victories that you have had in your past and rejoice knowing that he will never leave you and he'll never forsake you even though this might be the worst situation that you've ever been in. He's right there with you in it. So rejoice in him knowing that he's going to bring you through it. Right there, just where you are. Just lift your hands right now and just begin to thank him. Lord, I just want to thank you for what you brought me through. Lord, you brought me through that abusive marriage. You brought me through that cancer situation. You brought me through those physical conditions. You brought me through all of those things. And now the enemy has slipped in and he is stealing out of my house. So, Father, I ask you right now that you begin to touch every person that is watching this program today, and whatever their situation is, remind them that you're there with them. Remind them that you have assigned angels to encamp about them. And even though the enemy has, the silent enemy has come into their home to steal, to kill, and to destroy, he'll not have way in our home. Father, I ask you right now that you begin to heal every heart, that you bring joy back into their life, that you bring peace back into their life and give them hope for a bright tomorrow. Even as David recovered all and then some, the word says in verse 20, this is David's spoil. Lord, you're going to give back into our heart, into our life, even more than what we had before. And Lord, I just praise you right now because your word is true. And if you did it for David, you'll do it for us if we rejoice in you. So today, I challenge you, take those three steps. Rehearse the victories. Rehearse the past victories in your life of what God has brought you through. Realize that you're under divine protection because you have a destiny and you have a purpose in your life that God has anointed you for and it's not time for you to be taken out. So I have divine protection. I also remember all of the victories and then reflect on who your God is. If you're dealing with sickness, he's my healer. If you're dealing with bondage, he's my deliverer. If you're dealing with financial issues, he's my provider. 
and he's going to bring into my life everything that I need, and I'm going to rejoice in who my God is. So today, take this challenge, walk with him, and let him begin to walk with you. Not unknowingly, but you know he's there because his word says so. So I'm praying for you and I'm believing God's best for you in your life. And I believe God has some great things in store for you. We love you. Worship the Lord. Praise him. Remember what he's brought you through. Remember you have divine protection over your life. And remember who your God is. And he's going to see you through this storm also.